Hi, I'm Tony Kramer, and I'm sitting down with agriculture technology and equipment experts to help you enhance your operation for today, tomorrow, and the future. The agriculture industry has radically transformed over the past 50 years. Advances in machinery have expanded the scale, speed, and productivity of farm equipment, leading to more efficient cultivation of the land. Now, agriculture in its early days of yet another revolution. Data, connectivity, analytics, connected sensors, and other emerging technologies to help reduce yield loss and improve efficiency. RDO's Ag Tech Podcast invites Adam Gilbertson, the Senior Vice President of Field Technology and Innovation, to discuss the similarities and differences in trends for ag and construction technology and identify what growers and construction professionals need to do now to be ready for the future and how we build and grow our world. Welcome to the show, Adam. It's great to finally sit down with you and kind of have this conversation. Getting started, I just want to hear a little bit about you and your background and how you got to where you are today. Hey, Tony, thanks. It's really great to be here with you today, and I uh, appreciate the time and the opportunity to to visit with you about technology in, uh, in a number of different spaces. Uh, you know, I've been at this at RDO now. It'll be 20 years in August for me. Uh, and uh, I actually started in egg sales uh, way back when uh, in our uh, Fargo, North Dakota store, which uh, doesn't exist anymore. But uh, uh, so I, I had an opportunity early to work in agriculture uh, back in 2003, 2004. And let me tell you, the world's changed a bit uh, since that time. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think that as we look at the world and we look at where both of these industries have gone, um, it, it, for me, it's kind of been a passion ever since I, uh, I came to the company. Uh, and, and it started for me, I, I kind of would tell you my roots with technology started in the military. Uh, I, uh, I was in Iraq from, uh, 2005 to 2007, took a little break from RDO at that period of time. And, uh, my infantry company was one of the first, uh, first infantry units in, in the combat zone to use drone technology. Uh, obviously the special forces were a little earlier than we were, but, uh, but having the opportunity to use that technology and understand how it kind of changed the game on our situational awareness on our, on how we could see the world differently than, uh, than I, I would have been able to just looking from the ground, um, kind of changed my perspective about how we take some of these new new solutions, new technologies, and incorporate them into the work we do every day. Uh, and, and really, since that time, uh, I've had the opportunity uh, in our construction business to, uh, to launch our what we call RDO Integrated Controls. Uh, and that group uh, started in 2009 in the company uh, in Billings, Montana. And, and uh, take you back to that time and think about it a little uh, 2005, 2006 time period, Caterpillar and Trimble announced a joint venture. Uh, so that was pretty significant for the industry at that point in time. Uh, and we knew we needed to, to do something in technology. And the reason we knew is because we saw what happened in agriculture. Uh, late 1990s, early 2000s, RT, RTK comes on, online. Uh, we're starting to be able to precisely know where the tractor is in the field. Uh, and we saw how important that was in agriculture. And, and so fast forward to 2007, 8, 9, uh, and we start 
realizing we've got to have this solution for our contractors. Um, Caterpillar makes their announcement. We uh, we go through a, a couple-year process of really trying to understand where the world was, what made the most sense, and what partners were moving in that field. And uh, in March of 2009, we announced that we'd become a TopCon dealer uh, in Montana and Wyoming. And I tell you that the thing that changed the most, and, and when I realized uh, that it was going to be really important for my business in Montana and a, a, large, a larger uh, uh, thought of it being more important strategically for the company was that our conversations changed. Uh, when, you, when you start talking about technology with a builder or a grower, um, you're not any longer just talking about a machine, it's horsepower, you know, how many gallons an hour it burns, but you're starting to, to be involved in the actual production of the machine, production of the field, production of the project. And when, when they come online and bring a new technology into their world, um, they're changing things. And often practices that have been in place for 50, 100 years uh, now all of a sudden we're going to do them differently, and and that partnership became so important uh, with the customer and that level of trust that you're there with them every day, trying to walk through how the technology worked in the field, understanding that an incremental change here could mean significant savings or speed improvements on the back end, but it changed where the work got done. I mean, you had to do the planning, you had to do the preparation right in order to make sure the result at the end was what you wanted it to be. And so when we, we saw that early with the, with the, those relationships and realized that we needed to um, invest in that as an organization uh, and, and be able to scale that to a place where we could be that local support in a number of different communities. Cause as you know, it's, you're only as good at the technology as you can be at the field that it's in. Uh, you can have all the expertise in the world 300 miles away, but if you can't fix the problem where it is, uh, we've failed. Yeah, that's uh, that's really cool to hear you talk about the start of audio integrated controls. And at that time, John Deere was coming out with their own integrated solution on the ag side with all the Starfire, um, the Green Star solutions, all of that type of stuff. So it's really neat to hear the connection of RDO's integrated controls and what that team and that department had to offer along with what the ag side was doing. So it's really neat to hear that. And and it brings me to my next question, you know, the where we are today. So you go back to those, the, the early 2000s and everything was, it was what I would call on the ag side, universal. So it was, it was a universal addition or an add-on to the machine and equipment that were already out there. Now we fast forward to today into the 2020s and we start talking integrated technology. Let's talk a little bit about that in, in regards to construction and ag, just the level of integration and what percentage or what, what level of equipment is coming with integrated technologies across the board. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, and our manufacturer partners will, will share with us and, and certainly you can see it in the field. When a, when a tractor is integrated uh, so that it's no longer just added on for a set feature or a set 
maybe a set process uh, and you actually get the the full function of the computer on, on board the tractor or the thousand computers on board the tractor, depending on what you're doing, uh, and have the ability to see that data, distill it down, analyze it quickly, and see the machine start to make decisions. Uh, it changes how effective that technology can be. It's no longer kind of added post-manufacturing, but it is kind of thought through and developed from the beginning of the machine about how we uh, improve the production of that tractor. Or, you know, as Deere likes to say now, the the production system that it's in. Uh, and it, it, it was kind of, it was a it wasn't a big announcement when they made it, the shift to production systems, uh, but it was really significant to how they looked at the machine, uh, no longer just focusing on adding horsepower, reducing fuel consumption, figuring out how the uptime of the machine was functional, which is all really still important, but now thinking about how do we turn productivity more effectively? How can we get the crop in the field faster, get it maintained more effectively, get it out of the field at the end of the season? And the same in construction, you know, that ability to know that the machine is 10% more productive versus 5% more fuel efficient is a very different way to look at the business. And and so as Deere's moved into that process, it's really made an impact on how they're looking more holistically at the work as opposed to just the machine. Yeah, absolutely. The, the integration and the connection between everything being purpose-built versus just adding on that secondary solution to something that's already out there. Now, the next question I want to, or next topic I want to talk, kind of talk about, you know, the, the speed of change. So we talk about late 1990s, early 2000s, when this all of this technology and construction and ag really kind of started to take off. But then we fast forward within, gosh, Adam, I want to say just the last five years and how quick all of this technology has progressed. Let's talk about that a little bit on, on how it's changing so fast and how we can best prepare our customers to kind of adopt or be prepared for the speed of change. Yeah, that is, uh, you know, we, we hear a lot lately that the, the industry's never moved faster than it is right now. The reality is it will never be this slow again. Uh, and so how do we reset our worldview to adoption, innovation, and, uh, and really getting the actual benefit from the technology and it's really a stair step approach you can't you can't go from 0 to 60 miles an hour uh in a day you've got to really understand some of the basic fundamentals really make sure that early on especially as you're learning technology that you're spending the time in the preparation uh because uh you're you're working with data you're working with uh, with a machine where the accuracy's got to be right, and if the data going in at the beginning is bad or incomplete, you're going to have a problem as you try to execute the work you're doing. And so, really starting with that idea that, you know, I I'm not going to grab every piece of technology right away, but I'm going to get really good at a couple of them, and really understand how they impact my business, and really put the time in to making sure they work the way I want them to before I go on to some of the bigger, better, more complex uh, issues. Um, And then realizing, you know, 
we, we don't often look at it this way, but uh, the construction process and agriculture are really manufacturing in the field. Uh, and so while there are lots of variables that we're going to have to take into account, if we're focused on how do we drive productivity, how do we drive efficiency, how do we make sure the work is accurate and done right the first time, uh, and looking at it a little more like a manufacturing process than maybe you would a construction project or, or a, you know, a field, um, that's when you start to capture the real savings of technology because you're, you're programming the machines, you're, you're putting the thought process in uh, to making sure that they get done as quickly as possible. Uh, and, and, uh, and the work really at the end of the day, that's, that's what this is all about. It's, you know, how do I drive up the productivity of the work I'm doing and reduce the waste? Yeah, absolutely. I want to take kind of some of those comments you said. So just recently, I had the opportunity to go and speak to some students at a local college at a career fair. And we talked about, so you made that comment about, um, you know, technology has never moved this fast and it's never going to move this slow again. Another kind of quote that I like to use that I believe came from John Deere, John Deere Company, was that they plan to release five times the technology to five times the number of customers five times as fast. So kind of those five, five, fives. And I had a really interesting question come from one of the students because we were we were talking about releasing technology so fast. So we go back to the the speed of change, but then we also talked about. So you brought up at the end there that these technologies are being adopted or or produced to make us more efficient, more productive, because it's no surprise that tillable farmland or production farmland is decreasing every single day due Mm -hmm. to many different factors. And that's a whole nother conversation for a different day. But so the, the question back to the question that I thought was really interesting by one of the students was she asked, how, how are we going to bring this technology to five times the customers when there are farm operations are reducing? There, there's farms that are that are um, having estate auctions. They're not able to keep up. They're retiring, whatever it may be. So there's fewer farms and there's less farmland. So how do we promote the adoption of technology to five times as many customers? And it really got me thinking, like, she brings up a really good point. So I kind of thought about that for a minute. And one of the things that I'm sure is is seen across all the industries but the number of customers today that still are not utilizing technology, that, right. that's something that is actually happening. Let's talk a little bit about that on, on how we can, even some of the, the most simple technology. So from an ag perspective, there's customers out there today that are still aren't using AutoTrack to automate automate their steering. So how do we move forward promoting even the simplest of technologies? Yeah, I think, you know, there's a couple of pieces and it's a really good question, right? I mean, it really uh, fantastic to kind of think about, okay, how do we how do we kind of grab onto this as we move forward and and make sure that uh, we can bring everyone with? Um, uh, probably the most important thing is you've got to meet everyone where they're at, uh, you know, and, and understanding where the pain points are. 
uh, what's causing them the problem in the work, whatever it may be. It could be different for everyone, right? I mean, it there's a lot of variables there. Uh, but 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 instead of trying to get to the end of fully integrated, fully autonomous, take your pick of however we're going to imagine what that is. It's really about that stair step process of how do we go from where you are now and show where you can make find savings, where you can inc- create improvements, uh, where you can you know turn that dial. And you think back to the last fifteen or twenty years, you know I think uh, I think it's it's said right now the United States corn production is go- is increasing one percent a year uh, over the last ten or fifteen years. Um, that's taken a number of variables into, but but being able to accomplish that as you, holistically, the number of, of acres are shrinking, uh, you know, is is driven in no small part by the technology advancements. And whether that be fertilizer technology, whether it be seed technology, whether it be machine technology, all of these things are working to create that that growth, if you will, even in a declining number. Um, and the other part becomes, you know, I think the the challenge where where we partner with customers uh, is how can we help uh, make sure they're getting the most out of their investment? How do they optimize the the tractor? Uh, there's a lot of different functionality on every new machine coming out, uh, and some people can immediately see the value of a certain uh, feature, and they use it. But what about the other three that? You know, it's not quite as clear cut. It's not quite quite as straightforward how I'm going to get the production or the productivity out of out of using that feature. And I think that's the piece where we we've already made the investment, right? It's there. The technology is in place. It's riding on the tractor throughout the entire process. So how do we make sure we optimize that? Uh, and and how can we help uh, a grower do that and, or a builder as they're as they're working on the project? You know, one of the one of the interesting quotes that uh, that our partners over at John Deere like to talk about is early on when they were they released uh, cross slope on the motor grader, which it's a really unique feature that allows you the operator to to control variably one side of the cutting edge and lock the other side in at a cross slope. It's a really handy tool if you're you're trying to maintain a road, uh, county roads. Uh, uh, put a nice three percent crown on the road and off you go. All you need to do is focus on one side of the road instead of worrying about where that blade is across the entire road. Um, so John Deere in about 2015 made that a standard feature on the GP grader. And come 2020, we're starting to look at data in the tractors. And nationwide, they realized that less than 10% of the motor graders had actually turned the feature on to use. Uh, and so very significant technology advantage, real big help to the operator. Adoption was very low. Uh, and how do we, you know, how do we show that information of are you getting the most out of your tractor? But more importantly, how are, how can we help, you know, put that change plan into place? Because it requires the operator to do something a little different. And, uh, you know, they, they're very comfortable with what they're doing. They took a long time to learn the work that they were doing. And now adding a new variable uh, is, is a change that, you know, obviously just wasn't intuitive at the time. And I think there's lots of those examples uh, in agriculture and construction where the, the tech is available, it's there, it works, but 
how are we actually going to get it into the work to improve the process? Yeah, that's a really good point you bring up and and awesome statistics there. Well, depending on how yeah, you look at it, right. awesome, not awesome, um, but but kind of eye-opening statistics, the data that that is coming off of the machines. And a um, lot of that similar data we can get on the ag equipment through the operations center on the, the amount of technology that's uh, being used. And it, it brings up two really good points. One of them, um, and you kind of touched on it, is support. Ha- making sure the customers on both the ag and construction side have the support, whether it's RDO equipment dealerships or your local dealership, wherever you are in the world, being able to know and understand how to utilize the technology that's there. One of uh, one of the ones that I really like to, to think about in this sense is we go back to the 70 series combines when they came out with the pro series uh, transmission in those combines. John Deere released a technology called Harvest Smart. So for basic terms, Harvest Smart, um, you are able to set some some parameters and you throw the hydro handle all the way forward and the machine controls the, the speed of the machine based on throughput and uh, engine uh, drawdown and all of that type of stuff. But there were a lot of people that did not utilize the technology either one, it wasn't optimized properly, or two, they just didn't know that that it was there. They didn't know that their machine was capable of it. So making sure that the customer, the end user, has a line of support and they know and understand how to utilize the technology. Now, that brings me into my next question or my next talking point is kind of onboarding. So bringing mm-hmm on these technologies, some of the hurdles that we run into when talking with customers. Now, I, I know there's certain things that I have in my head, but I want to I wanna see your thoughts on what are some of the hurdles, what are some of the pain points or struggles that we deal with when it comes to promoting technology and or encouraging customers to adopt technology? Yeah, you know, I always like to find... Uh the maybe the most ardently opposed operator uh, to the new technology and and kind of focus on how do we make sure they understand what opportunities or what this this new method unlocks for them um, partly because if they're convinced it works and they're the ones that have been most actively vocal about it not being the right solution um, I think it helps everybody uh, in that process. And I think, you know, my uh, my family farms uh, up in the Red River Valley and uh, my dad spends a little time working on tractors. And I would have told you, told you he, he wasn't, uh, you know, a big technology guy, uh, but he got into a, a machine that did auto steer. Uh, and that changed pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, it uh, it it really frees up, you know, your ability to focus. It also, you know, you think about sitting in a machine all day and, you know, if your body is turned in a certain direction or if you're, um, you know, riding in a way to control the machine where you can now make that automated, uh, it's just, it's a better ride for you personally. You get out of the machine, you're feeling a little better than you would have uh, any other way. And so, you know, I think those pieces of, of really helping um, stair step that process and training. And I, I tell you, if you're a, a grower or a builder that is um, thinking about technology or has implemented it, um, it's really important that it has whoever is responsible uh, 
at the at the business uh, has the proper authority and decision making uh, to make the decisions about how we're going to support and resource it. I think um, you know it, coming out in a demo, showing in the conditions we want to show the machine. You've got a team there to make sure that it's going to work right. You've got the experts on the ground. Uh, and it works fabulous, flawless most of the time, right? And then the next day when everybody's gone and somebody else is setting it up, it, you lose that luster pretty quickly if it's not done right. And uh, and so how do you create the the right both onboarding for the individuals? But then the other part of it is, you know, you're going to use a, a, a technology product in planting. You're going to go a year until you use it again. So really important that you dust off the cobwebs and go through that process again. And, you know, much like starting a new football season, you got to you got to do the fundamentals first. Right. And so having the uh, having the team run through the scenarios going through and making sure that everything works, it's functional, that it's taken care of so that when it comes game time, you're ready to go uh, and not waiting until the night before, if you will, to uh, to make that happen. And so there's a process there. There's some management. There's some planning, some effort that's got to happen. And um, and if, uh, if that's not built into the work, uh, you will run into a lot of problems. And, and so I think that's my best advice, you know, we like to we like to get excited when we sell technology, and it's you know it's great. It does some really incredible things. I'm a believer that after we get to yes, I think it's really important before we deliver and sell the product to have a really honest, candid conversation about this can go really smoothly or this can go really poorly. And it really is all going to depend on the organization, the structure, the planning of how, the machine comes to the field, how the team prepares it, how the the leadership and kind of thought process of how it's going to work uh, is done. And uh, and if you're not ready for that, then it, it's okay. But let's be honest about it because it's not going to work perfectly if we don't do the, the work we need to do. Yeah, absolutely. You talk about or everything you talked about there brings me back again to kind of the points we brought up about about support making sure the end user fully understands the technology, they fully understand what it's meant for. I mean, all of this technology, no matter what industry you're in, the technology is built and designed to make us more productive, more efficient, to be able to do something better in the process that we're doing. In in a recent episode on the podcast, I kind of made comments about, you know, Farming hasn't changed since the beginning of time. You put a seed in the ground, you care for it, you harvest it. That, in a nutshell, is farming. But what we've done with all of this technology is we've made the processes that we have to do in farming, we've made them more efficient, more productive, more seamless, more simple, things like that. So I would imagine there's a lot of different things. Well, you talk about the the uh, that slope control, that grade control on the motor grader. That is, it's cool. And you talk about a, a county gravel road being able to put that perfect three percent crown on it, and you're you're locked in on the one side. Making sure our operators know how to utilize that technology is what's going to continue to drive more and more technology forward. The last thing I want to talk about, and you brought this up back again to that same uh, motor grader uh, scenario data-driven decisions within the Mm -hmm. different industries. 
we today in 2023, we've got lots of opportunity to collect data, to analyze data. But one of the key factors is then utilizing that data. What are some of the things that we can talk to to growers and our listeners about when it comes to making those data-driven decisions? Yeah, uh, I'd tell you that's, you know, you mentioned it in the intro here. That's the next revolution in the industry. And it's it's very much starting already. Um, but but much like I'd probably want to take a step back and realize we didn't get from first RTK machine in the field to where we are today overnight, yeah. right? And, and so it's really important to recognize that that uh, AI 1.0 is probably not going to look like you want it to at AI 14.3, right? I mean, yep. it's those those stair step incremental innovations are going to have to happen, uh, and and it's really about uh, what data do I have? How can I create the decision point based in it? Um, now, the fortunate thing. What we didn't have back then, uh, when we started in the in the GPS world, um, we've got the ability to to analyze data at increasing speeds and and sophistication, and take multiple different sources and fuse them together to get an analysis that we never had before. Uh, and so that that is it's exciting. Uh, it's a little scary, you know. I'm not gonna <laughs> not gonna lie, but I mean it, it's. There's some opportunity there to really drive those innovations and in different areas. Um, you know, some of it's going to be machine learning. The uh, sea and spray technology is a great example where um, we're solving an economic problem. We're solving an environmental problem uh, and 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 we're producing a better product at the end of the day with technology. And that's pretty neat. Um, the ability to, you know, to identify a weed and only the weed at a, at a very incredible speed and then only spray that weed is is it's got so many benefits uh, to the 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 agricultural world that it's it's incredible but it's been the better part of a decade to get from the idea to the handful of machines that are in the field today. Uh, and it's coming quick now. It feels really fast, but there's a team that's been working on that for for a long period of time to get it finally to the place where it's ready to be commercialized. Uh, and so having that mindset of what are the big problems? Uh, and I think that's the question. What are the really big problems in the operation? And how can we use the data that's available to us to analyze, to provide the decisions to provide the opportunity to change the work. I think those are the things that we need to be thinking about in the coming years and you know are certainly the growers and builders in the world that are that are working with us every day are hoping that you know and and that's where the direction that uh, that we're leading with it. Yeah, absolutely. It, you talk about the bringing the data in never in the past never having the ability to analyze the data like we do today being able to make educated decisions based off of that data. And and like you kind of mentioned, Adam, knowing and understanding, you know, what is our problem? What do we need to change? What data can we utilize or what data can we analyze to to find a solution, to do what we need to do? You talked about, you know, this didn't all just happen overnight. Um, it, it's funny that 
you made the comment back earlier about, you know, you, you can't go zero to 60 right now. You got to you gotta make these incremental steps. So uh, with the conversation about the sprayer, the sea and spray sprayer that we're doing today, back in the day, it was ground drive pumps. You were dealing with right. macro rates of inputs, all of that stuff, to slowly moving to hydraulically driven pumps, to rate controllers, to pulse width modulation, to what we have today of, hey, I only want to spray the weed when I see the weed. So it's it's very incremental. And, and I think one of the key factors to adopting the technology, using data to make decisions on your operation and, and adopting that technology is making those incremental steps, taking the time to to adopt little by little so that when it does come time to analyze the data that we don't even know how to analyze yet, we are ready because yeah. we've made those small te- steps as we've, as we've gone on. I think the other thing we're we're learning in this environment is data that we thought maybe was useless years ago that we still have yeah. all of a sudden becomes very relevant when it's in an algorithm and doing analysis. Yeah. And you know we've seen that in a few instances in, in the construction industry where we've been capturing this information for years. We had no really good way to look at it, but now we do. And all of a sudden, all those historical pieces of information start to be useful again uh, that that maybe wouldn't have uh, in, in any other way. And I, and I think so, you know, it is moving quick, and I and I don't want to say it, it. I mean, the the incremental steps need to have an economic value, right? Okay. So that's really important. You can't just, well, we're going to do this, but it's going to cost you more, and you're not going to see a production gain. You've got to have the economic answer, uh, otherwise, we're not going to do it. Um, you know, it, we you can't innovate at a, a cost that is more with no gain. That's not how it. That's really not how the game works. And so, how do you take? How do you take the incremental steps you need to take that set you up for the really big leap when when it's ready? But along the way, they're improving the process. Yes, absolutely. Now, as we wrap up here, Adam, I want to give you the opportunity to to talk a little bit. You got the opportunity to attend two very cool shows here at the beginning of 2023. Uh, first one being the Consumer Electronics Show. Uh, the second one was the Con Expo. Tell us, give us kind of your review, your, your overarching kind of consensus in attending those shows. What did you see? What were the conversations being had? How cool was it to be at those two shows? Yeah, you know, uh, some amazing things happening in the world. And uh, when when you know, the CES show, the Consumer Electronics Show is really, it's the, well, up until this year was the largest show Vegas has every year. It got eclipsed by Con Expo this year for the first time. So pretty big deal. Uh, but, uh, you know, that show has been where the Microsofts and the Amazons and the, the Googles have kind of put their stamp. And the last few years, John Deere has been exhibiting there. Uh, the first time they brought a combine and everybody kind of cocked their head sideways <laughs> and wondered what was going on. But then, you know, their message was really, hey, there's an incredible amount of technology in these legacy industries of agriculture and construction. And this innovation and this this uh, revolution of technology is affecting them as well. Uh 
And so they went from that to they released, you know, the Sea and Spray or the uh, that that technology partnership uh, the next year, and then this year uh, in January they unveiled the uh, the autonomous tractor for the first time. And you know, I I can't underscore the significance because normally that kind of a release is going to happen at some major world ag exposition, right, or a big iron, if you will. Uh, and it happened at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, and you know, and Deere's message uh, to the industry and to the to really to the world uh, was that we're we're a technology company, and and this technology that is that is driving innovation in industry and construction and manufacturing and all these other spaces is really critical to what's going on in agriculture and construction. Uh, and and I will tell you, I mean, from my seat in the park, they were one of the stars of the show. Uh, they they held one of the key keynotes. Uh, uh, the CEO of John Deere did a great job laying out the vision. Um, their chief technology officer uh, was also presenting at that. And and uh, they really painted a picture of how important technology was to the future of our industries and and the on a macro level, what it can do to save cost and increase production uh, and do it in a way that is economically sustainable. And I think that was, uh, it was received very well. Uh, still a lot of surprise people looking at, uh, you know, a 120-foot boom and uh, uh, and, a, and an electric excavator, which uh, was the first time they'd shown anywhere. And uh, so, I mean, it was a great show, really, uh, really good for the industry um, great for young people that are thinking about a career in in tech, knowing that uh, ag and construction are real viable choices. Uh, and then the second one was Con Expo. And so once every three years, uh, and this one had some unique significance because the world shut down, if you'll remember, the last time Con Expo happened. Uh, the, uh, it was March of 2020. Uh, and And we all went into the show on Sunday kind of feeling like the world was overreacting to the pandemic. And by Thursday, I mean, the show shut down a day early and baseball seasons are canceled, basketball seasons are canceled, and we all go into a, you know, kind of a a, a pause in the world. Yeah. And so this was the first one since then. And, and they broke the record, uh, 139,000 attended. Uh, it was the first time in North America where Deere uh, was exhibiting uh, wholly with the Verkin acquisition in one space. And so that, uh, for you know, so some of your viewers or listeners that may not know, uh, John Deere bought the Vertkin Group in uh, 2017 uh, and uh, really created for them a, glo- a really good global network. But it also added road building and paving uh, to their portfolio in a really significant and global way. And so this was the first show in North America where all of those solutions were in one spot. And I think it was 70,000 square feet of, of uh, show space, which um, they were they did a fantastic job. Uh, there's some really exciting technology coming. Uh, you know, and I think my takeaway from Con Expo was that there was technology everywhere. I mean, every single manufacturer 
had a solution, had a message, had a theme around where technology and innovation were going, which was not the case three years ago, certainly not the case before that. And that movement to this focus and strategic vision around where technology goes was was evident in every booth and every display. Uh, and, you know, we're really fortunate. And, and, and we talk a lot about deer, but we had Vermeer at that show. We had with a, a pile driver solution that is just fantastic in the solar world. Um, we have our partners at TopCon uh, who have always had an incredible booth and incredible presence at the show. And this one is no different there. It was four or five people deep at every part of the station in the show. And uh, the booth is packed and uh, a lot of great technology. Um, we had our partners at Wingtra, our UAV manufacturer, had been had exhibited for the first time at uh, at Con Expo, and then our newest partner, Telio, uh, which is a supervised autonomy solution where now you take the operator off the tractor, they're in a kind of a command station or a almost a gaming environment running the machines, and at this show, you could run two machines. Uh, one was a Gator, but it was in in Livermore, California, and the other was a skid steer at another site over in Pleasanton, California. And you're running those those machines from the chair at the show, and all you had to do is click a button and you switch machines. Uh, so that ability to to uh, change the way the works or where the work gets done. Um, you know, I, I did like to joke as I came home, I've got a 12, uh, 12-year-old, and uh, we spend a lot of time talking about how video games are not, you know, not the key to successful career. And I, I left the show thinking, I'm going to have to adjust that a little. Because, yeah. I mean, the, the, the technique of uh, controlling a machine, it's not all that different from playing a video game. And, uh, and so... Uh, so there, there's some new career opportunities that, that may unlock for the next generation a new career that they never thought was possible. Uh, so a lot of exciting things at the show. Um, you know, they, the, uh, the thing that I, I probably left feeling, feeling the best about was how engaged and interested uh, all of our customers and builders and the team that we had sent to that show were in where the technology is headed. How how does it fit my work and how do I you know how do I invest in these type of things? So um, every you know this is my fifth time I've been to that show, which okay. is a long time coming. Every three years, <laughs> uh, it was my favorite one. So uh, and certainly. I think the one that's going to be most impactful on the innovation of our industry uh, out of all of them that I've been at. Yeah, it, two things come to mind as you were kind of giving those show recaps. One of them, you talk about your 12-year-old son and the 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 future of gaming and how, yeah, you know, it's like, oh, get outside and let's let's get our hands dirty and this and that. There was, I recently saw a post on Twitter of, it was almost like a command center, um, large computer screen, and this customer had a number of remote display access on their John Deere tractors all pulled up. And the first thing I thought about is all these young kids playing farm simulator. Right. It, I mean, really, it, farm simulator is almost a precursor to farming in the future. 
I mean, you're going to be able to to use and operate. You talk about our the Telio solution being able to remotely move machines that are states away. The show was in Las Vegas. Yeah. Those machines were in California. I guess that's only one border away, but they could be further than <laughs> they that. They certainly could. So there's a lot of things that that come to mind as you talk about all that stuff. And the other thing that came to mind when you were recapping Con Expo, Con Expo is more of a technology show than an iron show these days. I mean, it's all of it. And I, and I shouldn't even just say Con Expo. It's a lot of farm equipment shows or, or, or equipment industry. I shouldn't just say farm, but equipment industry trade shows are turning into more and more technology. Yeah. I mean, the machine is always going to be really important, but the question is, how do I get the most out of it? And yep. the technology enables that. And so I think it is the natural evolution of of the process. I mean, we're never going to get away from the machines being there. In fact, I would I don't know that I'd like that show. <laughs> Frankly, I like the iron. So but but the important part is that, you know, this is how we are able to change the dynamic on production. It's how we're able to do more with less in the cost constraints we have in the country, uh, both in agriculture and construction. Uh, and uh, and it's it's exciting to see, you know, very evidently the entire industry moving uh, all at once. Absolutely. Adam, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to come in, sit down and chat with our listeners about just the the big picture of technology, ag construction, our business and what we do with RDO Equipment Company. Uh, there's a lot to be said about technology today. There's a lot to be said about technology moving forward. So I just want to thank you for taking the time to do this. Yeah, glad to be here, Tony. Thank you for the invitation. Please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. You can subscribe to the show on all the different podcasting apps that are out there. Also, make sure to follow RDO Equipment Company on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and catch all of our latest videos on YouTube. You can also follow me on Twitter at RDO Tony K.